Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Rangers Women's Supporters Group podcast. We've got a full crew tonight. How are you all doing? Good, good, good Sunday. Oh, yeah, it's been a good day. All, all happy. All right, so we'll just go straight into today's game then. We obviously played Glasgow City at Petershill Park and we started with Fife and goals. McLaughlin, Madag, Doherty at the back, Arnott, Cornett, McLean, and he in midfield, Rachel Rowe in the number 10, and Hardy and Howitt up front. Were you surprised by any of that, Alan, or was that kind of what you were expecting? Possibly slightly surprised uh, that Megan Bell dropped it. It was always got to be a question. Either Megan or Rachel Rowe were going to drop out, and they'd both done well last week. And it was just a question of who who dropped out. So it's probably quite unfortunate for Megan that she's dropped out. But I did wonder if maybe Joe was going to play Rachel further forward. That's why she'd play, played there last week. But we went back to type and had Rachel at back in her usual position. So. Really strong team, and it's great to have so many options that we could have picked any team and been quite confident with it. Yeah, Carl, what about you? Were you quite happy with it? Good to see Lizzie getting her start again after her long layoff. I was, I was actually for a change, happy with the <laughs> with the team. The only one I was a little bit kind of like, why is Tess in there instead of an actual centre back? But I think it was Alan or somebody said we need experienced players in that team today to start to get things going and that's what she did and it worked so I was actually really happy with the team for a change. For a change. What about you Graham? Were you happy when you see the team? I was and like, like you have said you know I think in the wing I think I, I personally wanted let Lizzie and Rachel Rowe play because I kind of felt like they're big game players as well but I kind of think Mia I was expecting Mia maybe another wing, but it was a pretty good, solid team, to be fair. How about you, Laura? What did you make of it, the lineup? Yeah, I think Rachel Rowe being in there was kind of the safest option because she just kind of gets stuck in, as we've seen as the way the game went on. She just gets stuck in, and we need her in these kind of big games. I don't know if we can call this a big game anywhere. Glasgow City is that, dropping that far down, but uh, she certainly was showed why she deserved to kind of start in that number 10 role, doing all the hard work and creating chances. So, yeah, was happy with that. So the first half was kind of scrappy, would you say, Alan? It's, we had some chances in that, but it was just more kind of getting sucked into their long ball, kind of just lump it up the park. and Yeah, it was becoming uh, quite, quite a battle in the quite first half. Quite a battle they obviously tried to play main games and sorry, I'm not sure if it's my second, but but they'd obviously tried to play main games, parading the trophy bit on the park before the game, and certainly some of the tackles they were putting in were questionable, and we'll maybe talk a wee bit more about the referee's performance as we go, but. With them being allowed, it was being encouraged, and we, we were playing well, but not really getting into any shooting positions. So 
we weren't even really testing Lee Gibson and, and their goal. But at the same time, at no point did we look under any pressure in defence. Yeah, Karen, as Alan's kind of touching on there, there was a lot of kind of foul play, would you say, for Glasgow City? They were, their tactics seemed to just be roll about on the ground, go into the try and injure them, see what we can do, but no, actually have a shot at goal, and it's goals that wins game, win, well, win games. I mean, I, I don't really know what their game plan was, to be honest, but it seemed to be just hoof it, and then we got sucked into that, just hoofing it, long balls, and not just playing the way that we can play, which has kind of been what's been happening in the last couple of seasons against Glasgow City, that we kind of get sucked into their just hoofing it and keeping it up, but not actually being able to settle down and play. But, I mean, pulling, Kirsty McLean was was running them ragged in, in the midfield and all they were doing was pulling her top because they couldn't get near her without pulling her top. But the ref was just letting it happen and wasn't doing anything about it. Rachel Roll got ran through the back of by, I don't know who it was, one of their players. She jumps up raging about it and the ref does nothing about it. Just no yellow cards in that game is absolute. It's mental. I don't understand how that happened, but that's what they were doing. They just, it seemed like they came to play to snuff us out rather than play football and try and win the game. That seemed to be their game plan. And it didn't work. And then they're moaning about it after a game that wasn't a penalty, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you don't try and hit a goal on target, you're not going to score any goals. And they didn't have a shot on target until after, well, until well into extra time. And that's what happens. And we just absolutely took control of that game. It wasn't a vintage performance from us, but we did what needed to be done. And that's, that's what wins your leagues. Yeah, Graham, mean, you'd think with how far Glasgow City are kind of slipping in the league that they would be the ones that were the hoping ones. to win the game rather than kind of sitting back and just trying to frustrate us. Well, at the start of the game, they had uh, their title uh, trophy out on display with a wee car as well. And bringing the wee ball, you know, the ball was put in the wee car, who someday... Thule was really great at controlling the wee car. Uh, <laughs> couldn't even go in a straight line to the referee. And even the referee's like, come on, you know. So they started it. I mean, imagine showing your trophy in November. Do you know what I mean? Like, look at us, we're the champions. But they didn't play like champions at all. They, they, you, you would, if you never knew, you wouldn't know they were champions. They were, I don't know what's, they've just slid, as you say. They've slid way back. I mean, 11 points behind now after this. I know they've got a game in hand. It's quite. A, I know we were nine points behind, but it's quite a big ask. At, even at this stage of the season, never mind. We did it in April when we had what I don't know four or five games to go or something like that. So there's still time for them to pull it back. But at the end of the day, you know, they 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 come out with the mantra: "Look at us, we're the champions. Here's the title." And they just wanted to go down, and the referee fell for it. The referee had a horrific game, in my opinion, and. Just was giving them free kicks. They would go down with cramp, free kick, anything. But no, Rachel Rowe gets a top pulled, etc. And no, nah, just carry on. It's fine. I didn't see that. You know, it was pretty poor for what they started the game as. Oh, look at us, we're the champions. What did you think, Laura? I thought the, the car in that world. <laughs> The car was quite funny, actually, to be honest. If we're taking their title, we're going to take their car as well, to be honest. <laughs> Just so that we can actually use it for the trophy to go on as we play them as a guard owner or something. But it was, it was just bizarre, as you say, bringing the trophy when they're 
what third place, like so far behind, kind of. And anything can happen, they can always kind of get back into it, but the way they're playing in that just seems like for them to parade the trophy, I don't know if they're maybe parading it so that they can say that well, they actually did win it because they probably don't want to have it for very much longer. So they may as well, may as well enjoy it whilst they can, to be honest. So, Alan, do you think kind of the way Joe's got now, obviously, a couple of victories over Celtic, she's kind of beat City probably should have beat them twice to be honest. Do you think she's kind of sussed out kind of the way Scottish football goes or do you think it's like Leanne Ross just hasn't got a clue what she's doing because Glasgow City is kind of going backwards instead of forwards as Westbrook's champions? I think Joe's very quickly got a handle on it and probably got a realisation that at Rangers you don't play regular games. Because it's a cup final every time anybody plays Rangers. Possibly a wee bit less obvious in the women's game with the varying quality in the league. But I think Joe's really got it sussed out. Very surprised a wee bit with some some of her choices today in terms of substitutions or lack of. But I thought we managed the game really, really well. And it's the first time in the last uh, 18 months we've beat either of the big two by a a margin of more than one goal, so it's definitely definitely an improvement, or it's a marker, it's just it pushes City that bit further away, and as much as I don't see City clawing that back, the split in the league is obviously going to help any team that's behind, like it did us. It's no universally popular in Scotland, but it worked a treat in the Women's League last year, so there are opportunities. I wouldn't entirely rule anybody out yet, but Joe seems to have have enough savvy to to know how to win these big games. Yep, Cash. So back to the game. Obviously, there was very limited kind of chances in the first half. It was quite scrappy, but then we were just getting to half time. We're like, right, just get back in, and then those three magic words. Penalty to Rangers. Upset for you, Hardy. Penalty. I mean, oh, 100%. As much as the ref took a second, looked to the assistant, and the assistant told him it's a penalty, and as much as Leanne Ross wants to moan and bleat about the fact that she doesn't think it's a penalty, it hits her arm, she lifts her arm, it makes contact with her arm in the box, it's a penalty. There's not much more of a clear as day handball in the box you're going to get. And Rio steps up, Leanne. Leanne, Lee Gibson, it's Gibson now, it's no Alexander anymore, Lee Gibson goes the right way but Rio's just put it so perfectly into the kind of side net and bottom corner that there's no chance she was getting it and it just, it was deserved because we'd been knocking on the door and we just hadn't managed to get there so it's nice that the ref actually gave it and didn't, like most of the other calls, get it wrong so it's nice that that happened if he did need a little bit of assistance from the Lino but we deserved it and it just made it so much easier going into the second half knowing we were on top and that they would need to come out and try and play some football to potentially win, but they didn't even seem to do that in the second half. Yep, yeah, so we went in at half-time, 1-0 up, fairly comfortable, and then Glasgow City came out as Cash was saying there. You would think they would have came out kind of fighting, but it was pretty much the same as the first half. They were just 
playing kind of dirty, just in tackles. They weren't creating much, and we were fairly in control. Yeah, I mean, it was a very, you don't really see this in big games like this, but it was quite comfortable, you know, from our side. And you, you didn't feel, it was like watching, you know, Boromir last year, last week. You knew, you didn't feel Boromir were going to score and I'll respect him. And you didn't, I didn't feel that, I don't know if anybody felt that Glasgow City were going to score. I mean, yeah, they, they stood, it was like a game of chess at times, but it, they were using... They were trying, I don't know why they kept trying to get down all the time with cramp and stuff like that, as I said earlier on. Just stupid wee things, you know, and, and players weren't even getting touched at times. And they're just getting down and you're like, why, why, you know, you're losing the game. Why are you time wasting? Surely you want to grab the ball get, and get it up that part and score. But, you know, but you think that's the champions attitude that you think they would have that we've got. We've definitely got that attitude. They just keep going. We saw it at Celtic. We've seen it at other games. The comeback and things like that. Dundee United were one 0 down. We came back for that. Was it six eight one or something? But you know we've got that mentality of, of no right. We may have get the goal. Let's keep going. Glasgow City just seem to be like I don't know what to do here. We're one 0 down. What do we do? Well, we'll just get down. Cramp all sorts of stuff. And the referee bought it. He bought everything they did, and it was just ridiculous. To be honest with you. I don't know what you, you thought, Laura. Yeah, the ref just typical refereeing performance, eh? They're just well not very good. But uh ever said Alan, there was no too many chances. Like we maybe had the better of the chances, to be honest. And then there was a return for Sarah Ewan, so good to see another player back. She came on at seventy three minutes for Kirsty Howitt. I don't know, I actually realised it was quite as late into the game that we made the change, but it was good to see Sarah was back in the squad. We'd obviously, we didn't know what her injury was, but she's she's came on and she's done an absolute pillar of work up, up the top of the park. She's chased everything down, she's held the ball up, she's helped bring players into play, and she's shown, it was only her fourth appearance of the season, but she's shown that you know, she can contribute to this team and contribute to the team doing well, but we need to keep her fit. And she seems quite confident that, you know, she's fit and it doesn't seem to be anything linger. It's just after being out so often with so many niggles, we just need to get, get her fit and playing or run our games. Yeah, Cash, it was good to see her back and then... There seemed to, for the for a change, Joe seemed to be kind of reluctant to make more subs. Like Brogan had our socks doing for probably around that kind of seventy minute mark, where she that's usually kind of a signal that she's coming off quite soon. But she was still on until what, the ninety second minute when Jodie McLeary came on. So it was weird to see Joe no making decisions like she usually does, but it did pay off in the end. But Slightly concerning, or what did you think? No, it was a weird one because we kept kind of saying Brogan needs to come off. She's done like she's no running at things the way that she normally would. She's obviously struggling a bit with her calves or whatever, and then just kept going on. Libby went out running, you know, after Sarah had come on, there was subs. Jodie was out warming up, and 
nothing was there was no movement, nothing was happening, and we were kind of thinking, what's going on here? But I wonder if she's maybe thinking, well, we've got Montrose next week, so she can rest those players that she's basically given the full game to today, and we'll get everyone else, you know, the young team essentially, and the kind of fringe players on next week. But I, I fully trust Joe. I fully trust everything that she's doing. You know, she's doing a fantastic job already. She seems to have got it all worked out, and she's got the team all you know, sing off the same hymn sheet. So if she wants to make subs in the 93rd minute to, you know, shore us up, then I will fully back her, whatever she wants to do, as long as she brings that trophy home at the end of the season. Yep, so then, obviously, we see, um, Jodie McLeary came on the 92nd minute and then on the 94th minute, because there was like seven, eight minutes, and then it ended up being about 10 minutes added time. Graham, so we got our second goal, sealed the game in 94 minutes. Rio Harty getting us 2-0. That, that was phenomenal because you had, like, Sarah was running down one uh, our right side and Rio was running down the left and I think there was, like, two City players in the middle. And, you know, you're thinking maybe Rio going to, you know, they were, like, running so fast and together at the same, the same speed. And you're thinking there's maybe Rio going to pass the ball to Sarah who who had a free hit basically for a goal. But Rio just like you, you think that's an impossible goal and she just took past the Glasgow City defender and just beat that beat Lee Gibson. Um absolutely stunning goal. Because it actually looked harder, you know, from well where we were standing we were standing looked like a really hard angle because it looked easier. Sarah was as I say, she was bang on line with Rio at the time. Um but I absolutely brilliant goal, just just to seal it, isn't it? Just to seal the game. Yep. Then after that, Alan, that's when it kind of Glasgow City kind of seemed to click into place and want to actually try and score, which was bizarre when it was so late on and they were so far behind in terms of the way they'd been playing. But I think that was finally when they got like a couple of shots on target like the 93rd, 94th minute. Yeah, it was a, overall a very sort of disappointing performance from City. You know, anybody would would expect they'd, they'd offer a lot more. But partly that was down to Long Davidson being kept quiet by having to concentrate and keeping Lizzie Arnott quiet. And she'd done a lot of good work and, and Lizzie wasn't as involved as maybe... She has been the last couple of games since she came back, but it completely nullified the danger to us, to Lauren Davidson, who's caused us problems, no end of problems in the last couple of years. So they've lost their goal threat there. They've lost their goal threat in Brenna Oliveira, who's probably going to, you'd imagine that looks a bad injury she, she got, and I'd, I'd expect you'll not see her play for a few months. So... All in all, City really contributed very little. They've got good ball players in the middle of the park and they, they just never had a foot in the ball at all. They created very little and Jenna had such a quiet, quiet game. They didn't even press her too much when she had the ball at her feet and that, that that's where most people get paranoid with Jenna when the ball's at her feet, but City didn't even press her. Yeah, partly Brenna Oliveira, it's her Achilles she's done, so she's probably going to be out for 
a little bit of time. So I, th- I thought that instantly. Hopefully she does make a speedy recovery, even though she is obviously one of them. But still, but Cash. So then we seal the kind of seal the game two 0 Their their threats just as Alan said, Jenna done really well to make comfortable saves. To be honest, and then Rachel Rowe got a well deserved three minute break for and Megan Bell came on. What did you think of Rachel Rowe's performance today? I mean, she she's up there with player of the match. I think she she was tremendous. I feel like her middle name now needs to be Rabona because that is there's no reason for her to do that. She's chosen to do that just for a bit of thrill and a bit of excitement in the game. She could have just passed it to Rachel McLaughlin normally, but she decided to do that. And for that, I love her for it because it's just there's no reason to do it. But she's getting hacked to pieces the entire game, especially that first half. And she's just shrugging off and going again. And she's just doing the same thing. She's just so class as a player. And I want her to get a goal next week because she needs it. She needs a wee goal just to kind of show her up. She's perfect in every other way. So a wee goal and she'd be absolutely flying. But she's tremendous. And I would say realistically, other than Jenna having nothing to do all game, bar one easy save in the 99th minute or whatever it was, everybody did really well. Tess had an incredible game in centre-back. She's really made that role her own now, which is bizarre when we've got centre-backs other than Cathy being injured and probably injured for another little bit. But, you know, everybody played it incredibly well. So from Jenna right up to Sarah Ewans at the end of the game and Megan Bell when she came on, very briefly you know she didn't really do anything wrong but she didn't have much time to do anything right or wrong I don't think she had a couple of minutes and got to celebrate at the end because she was on the pitch at the time but it'd be nice for her to get some more game time but with the way Rachel Rose has been playing it's very difficult to get them both on the same team at the same time yeah definitely just that strength and depth again so Graham will go for player of the match then Cash got a point towards Rachel Rowe there, would you agree or would you go with somebody different? Yeah, and I think the obvious ones, you know, you have to say Rio, but yeah, I I think Rachel Rowe just ran, ran the show and helped as a creative player we needed uh, in the park to, to help for these goals. So I would say for that for that reason, Rachel Rowe would be me. What, what about you, Laura? Yeah, I would say Rachel Rowe as well. She's just done exactly what we expected she would do in this kind of game. Just phenomenal. And the wee bit added skill and flair just for the sake of it was just the icing on top of the cake. What about you, Alan? I thought you could probably make an argument for many of the players. I thought Chelsea had an outstanding game. Or Kirsty McLean beside her. Both of them absolutely dominated the midfield. They were everywhere. They covered so much ground. You know, the, the passing was good. The, taking the ball under pressure. When, when they did actually have pressure, the composure is showed. You know, they were always there for teammates. But you've, we've obviously touched on how, how good Rachel Rowe was. But I thought the, the game was so much more comfortable because Tess led the line so well at the back. No, nothing got got past. You know, she she absolutely dominated at the back, and it gave us a platform to to control the game. And I'd I'd lean towards putting Tess as my player of the match. Well, a very good choice as well. So next up, we play Montrose. 
next Sunday back at Broadwood. Currently it's in a 4pm kickoff. I'm not 100% if the tickets are on sale yet, but do you expect many changes at that game, Car, with it being Montrose? They have been having a few good results recently, but should they be too much of a threat? No, I'd like to think that Joel maybe rest some players. Maybe Brogan will get a wee rest, get Mia back in, or you know, give Jody some more game time, get Laura Berry and Ailey Austin some more game time, and just give everybody a bit of a rest going into the international break. Maybe ones that are maybe feeling it a little bit, but you know, it's still a game that we need to win. So I'd imagine she'll go quite strong starting off. You know, get us in half time with a few goals, you know, under a belt, and then. Uh, have time make a few subs and change what needs to be changed but you know as much as Montrose have you know been making a bit of a comeback against kind of the lower league teams I don't see us having much of an issue against them especially at home you know big pitch you know players love to play with the width we do really well with the wingers so I'd imagine it'll be very comfortable and hopefully some game time for the young team. Yeah what about yourself Graeme what kind of Team would you put out next week? It's a, a tough, a tough one, but yeah, I would. Given that international breaks come up, um, maybe rest. You know, Lizzie, uh, she's been playing solid the last few weeks. Give get Mia back in because it's been a wee while since Mia's played for the start. Uh, get Jody back in. Actually, I would play Sarah Younes for the start. Actually, and give Kirsty a rest because she's been playing out of skin as well. Um, just. Mix it up a wee bit um, and maybe get game time for, the, as Carl said, for the, the younger ones as well, who are maybe coming through the academy as well, that are maybe sitting in the wings ready to go. It's maybe a good, perfect match, you know. Don't want kind of play the whole young team against Montrose, but it's a perfect opportunity for getting players like Sarah Ewan's up to fitness and things like that, because, like, seeing her today, you like, she looks like a, a real talent, by the way, and you could have a player on the hands with, with Sarah and, you know, you you want to get her up to speed and get her, because I know there's only two games in December, but we've got a big run in January, starting in the 7th against Inverness. And what a perfect platform, even if we could get players like Sarah or other ones, just a chance to get minutes for the, because as I say, we do have a big run in from January. What about yourself, Laura? Would you change anything? Yeah, well, I think I would give Liz, uh, Lizzie the game next week just because obviously she's still coming back for um, the injuries. Maybe, maybe not the full game, but at least 45 minutes. She's uh, bringing like Sarah Ewan's, even like maybe like Laura Berry or that, getting 45 minutes just to kind of give her a run, Ailey Austin. Um, but I think, she'll, I think she'll probably still start fairly strong and then it'll be a case of like changing it kind of second half bringing on the changes and that what about yourself Alan what would you pick for next week I think it might be an opportunity maybe to give Rachel or Nick a, a rest at the back and possibly both let's face it we could afford to give both of them a rest before they go away on international duty or you've got Ailey and Michelle could easily step in there or could easily see Kirsten McLean getting a rest. Wobby Bands could come in and play with Chelsea there. And as Graham said, you know, it'd be a good good chance to see if no Sarah Ewan start, maybe Laura Berry starting and give Kirsty Howitt a rest. 
if it was about 73 minutes, Sarah came on, yeah, then she'll probably get brought on about 60 minutes next week and, and just build, build up a sort of game time for there. But great opportunity to see some players get first goals or add to, to their goals, you know. We spoke to Chelsea after the game and she's not scored for a while. So, you know, we, we're the best uh, well in the world with Montrose. We should be going into that game flying and absolutely hammering. They are playing midweek, so they're a part-time team. Being asked to play three games a week, so we should be taking advantage of that, as sort of cynical as that may be. Yeah, Carl, obviously they're playing Glasgow City midweek. Have any chance to take points off of them, to be fair? But do you think them playing that kind of midweek game makes them even kind of weaker against us? Is that kind of it's probably the best time you could play them when they're going to be that kind of tired? We scored quite a few against them last time, so what would you think it would be next Sunday, score wise? Yeah, I think it probably won't help them because there seem to be a lot of people that are, you know, full-time work or younger kind of, not kids, but, you know, teenagers that are at school or also have work. So they're not got the luxury of, you know, resting and training during the week and not having to, you know, do a full-time job and then having to play against Glasgow City, which realistically, like, as much as I'd love them to draw or drop points, I don't really see that happening on Wednesday, to be honest. But you never know, stranger things have happened. Um. I'll, I'll go conservative because I think the last time I did it, I got it wrong. So I'll go a little bit less and I'll, I'll say nine. Nine now. What about you, Graham? Score? And maybe a first goal scorer as well. We'll go for that. Do you want to go with your goal scorer, Calf, before I jump in? Um, Rachel McLaughlin. Seems as I'm her number one fan, apparently, these days. Fair enough. No, before we jump in, like um, I did see a thing through the week that Montreux, well, last week, sorry, when the, the fixture was announced uh, for, for Glasgow City, that they were only too happy because they exactly everything you exactly everything you said, Cara, about being part time. People finish their work at five, and they travel to Glasgow for an eight o'clock kickoff. Who came up with that idea and things like that? And their fans aren't too happy as well, traveling through on a Wednesday night down to Glasgow and Russia or traffic and all that. So there is all these added elements, as you say, you know, that doesn't help Montrose as well. But I, the predictor will say I'll stick with <laughs> Rachel Rowe. She didn't do it today, but she's due a goal. Rachel Rowe and I'll go for 14 now. What about you, Laura? Oof, I think I'm a bit more conservative. Uh... But a bit more confident than Carson, I'd maybe say 9 0 and probably Rio first goal scorer. Alan, score? Oh, I think we'll probably go for a perfect 10. And let's face it, a fairly safe bet for first goal scorer through the season will be Rio Hardy. So plenty of goals next weekend. So I have just checked and tickets are on sale already. So we're all predicting a goal fest. So get along to Broadwood, four o'clock kickoff, and you'll see hopefully lots of goals. It's probably going to be one nil to us now because we've all just predicted so many goals. But nah, that will be a few goals. So get along. Tickets are on sale. And 
we'll hopefully see you there. So, Alan, do you want to give us a rundown of the loan review for this week? Yeah, so I uh, had a wee look at who, who played today after we got back for the games. Uh, Hamilton obviously suffered another heavy defeat, but Mason Clark played 71 minutes from the start, and Becca Taylor was on the bench, but didn't come on. Uh, Lucy Inman was on the bench again for Queen's Park, but she's getting still decent experience here, and her team is doing really well. They won 5-0, so keeping a lot of clean sheets. Lucy will have to fight to get in that team. Megan Cunningham was on the bench for Partick, but Jenna Ferguson played 90 minutes at the back. They won 1-0 up at Dundee United. And Summer Laird, again, not, not being used by Spartans. Uh, I'm not sure if she's actually had any league games yet, so slightly disappointing to see that she's no, no even getting some minutes. Yeah, Karen, it's weird that we're sending players away and they're not getting minutes when obviously the whole purpose of them going away is to get minutes because they're not going to get minutes with us. So can you see, I think a few, quite a few of them were like January loans. So can you see a few getting kind of recalled and maybe trying them somewhere else? Yeah, I think it depends what Joe's plans are. Cause I think you could see by the ones that she'd already played before, you know, they went out on loan that the ones she's got kind of high hopes for. But it's a bit disappointed that they've been sent out on loan to play and they're maybe not playing or maybe not getting as much time as they want. But then obviously the club that they're on loan to will realistically pick the best player for that game and they're not just going to play you purely because you're there on loan. They're going to play their own players first. So maybe... The likes of Summer Laird, potentially it would be better for her to come back and then try and find, go to Hamilton, you know, or Partick or go to another club that realistically will use them. It'd just be a bit better for their development. But again, it's up to Jo whether she just wants to take them back and then just give them minimal game time with us when we need them in cup games or what have you, you know, and just try from there and see how they get on. But it is a bit disappointing. Obviously, with Queen's Park and Lucy, like, they're doing so well, they're obviously going to want to play their own goalkeeper, who seems to be keeping a lot of clean sheets, so that's one thing, but it's it's a bit annoying on our end, you know, watching, and you, you know how good these players are, and they're going to, you know, clubs lower down the table than us, and you know that they could be doing better, but it's just the way that loans work, unfortunately. Yeah. Did miss one off the list, obviously, uh, Kayla Jordan. At Morrow, she she played ninety minutes, and going back to talking about Montrose, Montrose will be on on a bit of a high, getting a late equaliser, taking a point off Motherwell. Nobody seen that one coming, really, to be honest. But they they are doing quite well, actually. Graham Montrose, I think they're going to be safe to stay up. Would you say the way they're going? They've kind of put a few points in the board already. I think so. I think they are. I mean, I, I think they've surprised a lot of people because you're kind of wondering, are they, you know, they did really well in the league last year. Um, but then we had the previous year, Glasgow Women did the exact same and came up and then struggled and get zero points and 100 odd goals against. So it's great that, you know, a team has came up again this time and they're actually, do, they're actually picking up points and the rate they're going, I think. They'll probably be safe. Um, I, I, they're not going to pick up points. Well, they might pick up points against Celtic and 
City. You never know. Um, but realistically, they're probably going to beat the teams round about them. <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, I think it's they're they're probably one of the safer ones, yeah, this year, which is then hopefully like they can do what Glasgow women should have done last year, build, you know, on the and then build up for next season and so forth. I just felt last year Glasgow women came and I think we're all just hoping they'd at least get a point somewhere. You know, not against us obviously, but just just get one point on the board. So at least Montrose are doing themselves proud and they're doing the SWPL two proud, even though they're in the, the, the first one, but I they're flying the flag for to show that promoted teams can compete in this league, albeit it's still early in the season right enough. But I think I think they'll be quite I think it'll be all right. Be a, do you think they'll stay up, Laura? Yeah, I think they're probably going to stay up. I think if anything it could be Hamilton that go down because they really seem to be kind of struggling there, but it's still a lot of game, still a lot of football to be played, so we'll wait and see kind of what happens. But I think Montrose have got quite a good setup in that, so I think they'll they'll be fine. Reluctantly, because that's a long trip to go, <laughs> that we're going to have to go up again compared to just going to Hamilton. But we'll see what happens. We'll see, a lot of football to be played, as I say. So, Alan, do you want to give us a wee update with the score predictor? The scores are the doors. Yeah, quite quite a few surprise results this week. Uh, not too many people had a Hibs win yesterday. Uh, well, we did get three correct scores on that. So, Montrose getting a point at Marlowell. Absolutely nobody had that. And very few people had Aberdeen beating Spartans, which, to be honest, I'm quite surprised at because Spartans have been one of the more disappointing teams in the league this season. And Aberdeen are, are growing and developing. So, Wee bit surprised more people didn't pick Aberdeen winning, but Amanda Brace was top scorer this week with 20 points. She not only got two correct results in, in the other games, but she was also the only player to predict 2 0 to Rangers today. So well done, Amanda. Well done indeed. We'll need to keep an eye on her scores for the week's going forward so we can get up the table. <laughs> she seems to be doing quite well. Uh, Car, is there anything else you can want to mention with Metro or anything? Well, the scars have finally arrived, the new ones. We've got uh, fleshy scars now available, hats, books, badges, you know, we've got a full plethora of merch now available, which it's always nice to see, you know, even at the game today, people with, uh, there was a wee boy with a wee hat, and like, well, it was a quite large hat on actually, but it fit him quite well, and it looked really nice seeing everybody with their scarves and their hats, and, you know, getting their books signed and all that, it's really class to see, so we've got loads of stuff available, also the bus is still available, the bus to Aberdeen in January is still available, if people want to book on the bus, because that would be nice if we can all sit together and have a wee chat on the way up to Aberdeen and you don't need to drive your own car. Uh, I think that's about it. Oh, we've got lots of stuff. Come buy our stuff. We'll have available at the game as well next week and probably most of the games going forward that me and Laura are both at. Definitely. There's, you can either get it on the website as well, which we'll post in the description, or obviously come and see us at the game because then you can have a chat. and. And I'll see what lovely people we are in person as well as on here. Graham, anything else you'd like to mention or bring up? Uh, the blog that we started uh, for the new for the RFC uh, 
club. The next edition will go live, I think, the, after the Montrose game. So it'll be like the 27th, I think. Is that the part of the Monday is the 27th? It'll go live then. So that'll be, that'll be following on from the last one, which was, I think, round 12 or 11. I can't remember. So basically, any all the fixtures this, this month, and I'll be on that if, if you want a wee read uh, to keep you ticking over the international break while you're pining for the domestic football to come back in the 10th of December. We should also mention, actually, just when you said that initial break, the team should be out, I think, the Scotland squad on Tuesday. So we'll probably have quite a few players away for that. So we were trying to kind of find it for some of the players today, like Kirsty Howitt and that if she was going, but she was very tight-lipped. But, Alan, can you see, kind of this? obviously, Cathy will not be there, but can you see pretty much the same amount of players away again or any additions? Yeah, I, I think you you'll see the, the the same players called up. Uh, we know Kathy's going to be out and you know, hopefully be back after the international break. But I'd, I'd expect uh, Kirsty and Chelsea will get called up in addition to Jenna, Nick, Rachel, and, and Kirsty McLean. Who are, and it's brilliant to talk about Kirsty McLean now. Seem to be a a nailed on pick for the Scotland squad. So. I'd expect the six of them will be called, called up, but just the usuals, sort of Megan, Rachel, are we with countries? I'm, I'm not sure if New Zealand have any games in this international break, but then then you'll have the, the young team with an under-19s as well. So great experience for him, and a wee bit of chance, a couple of days off for the, the players that are Norway. So, sorry, just to add to that, uh, Alan, uh, New Zealand are in Colombia. Um, so, Vic's off to Colombia. Assuming she gets picked because she's not been played. No, just kidding, she won't be picked. <laughs> Car, are you kind of in the same boat? Do you think the same kind of amount of players will be away, or do you think there'll be any new additions? I don't think so. I think really the only. One that's kind of touch and go at the moment is maybe broken just because she is just back from injury. I don't know, you know, with the way Scotland are kind of going, we did so well and then we've struggled a wee bit. Whether it be worth risking her, maybe she would just say no, but I doubt she would, to be fair. I don't think she'd ever turn down getting to go away with Scotland. But, you know, maybe don't risk it because Cathy went away, didn't really play and then come back with an injury and is out for a few weeks so I'd almost prefer that they didn't get picked the ones that are kind of touch and go at the moment just so that they can get back to full fitness for after an international break get more training in with Joe and Jay and that and then we can start this next block before Christmas and just you know go in top no issues at all but they'll always appreciate getting taken away with their countries and they all appreciate playing for their countries but they're not all playing and it kind of seems a bit silly sometimes to be called up and not get any minutes and it must be demoralising for some of them like Kirsty Howitt, maybe Chelsea who maybe don't get as much game time as they realistically should with how well they've been doing over players that you know play for Glasgow City or play for down south and you know aren't doing as well as they're doing it's just a bit it's a bit nonsense in my opinion, but who am I? I'm not Pedro, I'm not Leanne Ross, I don't pick the team. So we'll just wait and see who gets called up and 
see what happens. Yeah, definitely. So that's like a couple of weeks away, but obviously first up has been chose. But Karen, I'm just going to stick with you there because I know how buzzing you were for the news and the content of Jane Ross back in training this week on the pitch with a ball running about. How good was it to see her back? What a job Joe Potter is doing. She's got Janie Ross back in training like she's never been away, according to Kirsty McLean after the game today. It's like she's never been away. Just so buzzing. Lizzie's back fit. Jane's back nearly. We've nearly got a full uninjured squad. We're winning, beating City, beating Celtic, just top of the league, no no issues at all. It's just it's superb content and she looks absolutely buzzing. You can see how happy she was when we asked her about it. When are you back? And she's oh, being all coy, oh, I don't know, soon, soon, hopefully soon. It's just it's so good to see and hopefully we can got the chance now to bed her in a bit. She doesn't need to come back right away. We're not you know, needing her desperately. So it's nice that we can give her that opportunity to come back and play a few minutes here or there and get fully back up to speed so that everybody that's maybe just new to watching the women's team gets to fully appreciate Jane Ross and all her glory rather than just a half-fit Jane Ross that's just back from injury. Told you she was buzzing. <laughs> so, Graham, as we're obviously we're talking about Jane Ross, so good, as obviously when we'd spoke to her a couple of weeks ago, she was kind of saying January, but then today she was kind of saying maybe a few weeks away kind of thing. So good that she's obviously making good progress now and might be back sooner than even she could have expected. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, it's, it's credit to the medical staff as well, because we were saying last year in the men's team, it felt like everybody was injured, you know, like, I think what's wrong with this medical team? Then it was happening to us in the women's team as well. And you're thinking... What's going on? But I this this season is just a different different altogether. Because if you think about where we were in July, getting into that pre-season cup, uh, Queen's Park and Glasgow City, how late the bench was, and we're like we had that is Kayla coming back or not? And it was not fair and hard development either. Like she was, you know, getting recalled for loan for Motherwell and all that kind of stuff. And look at the bench today, you know, in November, and then you're hearing the news of Jane Ross. And then add to that, Sarah Ewans is coming back to fitness. Then add to that, um, Lisa is coming back in the new year as well. You know, as you say, January, I mean, this is, we people usually at this time of year, it's the opposite. Like we've, we were in that position last year. We were decimated in defence at one point last year. And this year, we're talking about January, we're going to have a full complement of players, you know, and you know, you don't want to jinx it, but you're thinking, do we really need the Jan January transfer window? <laughs> because I would hate, I would, it would be a shame to bring somebody in unless we absolutely needed to, do you know what I mean? Because that team is phenomenal, but I don't know how you feel about, I know the January transfer windows, but do you bring anybody in knowing that you've got all these, you've got players coming back? What do you do? Alan, do you want to answer that one? I'm not like you to dodge a question, Laura, but I, th- I think you need to be really careful uh, in bringing players in in January. But we've seen before that even one, maybe two additions just to freshen up for for a, a charge on on owners for the rest of the season can can really make a big difference. But 
we got a really good good group just now. It's, it seems really well together. They're fighting for each other. They're working well together. They're supporting each other. And most importantly, they're, they're playing really, really, really well. So you can't just go and bring people in for the sake of bringing people in. They need to be somebody that's going to be the right fit, add to the group and add to the team. Card, anything else to add to that? Honestly, I don't know if I would bring anybody in. You know, as long as we can get Kathy back up to speed, we've got Michelle in there. We're playing a back three, so, you know, barring, God forbid, Nick or Rachel McLaughlin getting injured, we seem to be all right. Ailey Austin stepping up and doing really well. Mia McCauley stepped up and doing really well. Laura Berry stepped up and doing really well. I would rather have the young team in who already know what they're doing. They've got... Joe's system sorted out, they're doing quite well, then bring in somebody brand new that potentially is going to be like, I need to play more over, you know, 16, 17-year-olds, when it should be the other way around. We should be trying to get the academy graduates into the team as much as possible over somebody new that, you know, we've got to maybe pay a bit of money for when we don't need it at this moment. I might come to regret that in February when we've got a decimated squad with injuries again, hopefully not, touch wood. But you never know. I don't. Th I don't think at this moment in time, looking at the January, I don't think we need anyone other than giving the young team a five-year contract. All of them: Laura Berry, Ely Austin, Mia McCauley, Jodie McCleary, Kirsty McLean. Give them all a five-year contract in January. I think we'll just end on that positive note. Everybody's very positive. We're loaded any players. We're going to save money. We're going to win titles. We're we're buzzing. But no, as you say that, I dodged the dodge the question, but. I agree with both of you. I don't think there's any point bringing anybody in for the sake of bringing anybody in. If we maybe get a couple injuries or whatever, then bring somebody else in. But as Joe's obviously going to have good contacts. But as you say, we've got the young talent there and that, that we can bring through in defence, midfielders, even up, up top. So we're, we're fairly well covered. And then if we didn't even a goalkeeper, we know Lucy Edmund can come back in as well. We've got a world like a World Cup goalkeeper in Vic, so that nah, we're sorted, we're sorted everywhere. So I wouldn't really say we need to bring anybody else in unless disaster strikes. But I think I think we're all right there. So yep, yeah, all good. Oh, James okay. coming back, Lisa's coming back. Happy days. What what about uh, uh, just a curveball here? If you had to sign one player in the January transfer window, what about a permanent transfer for Libby Vance? Could that be the one? Possibly. Depends how much more game time she gets, but yeah, she's a good player, but it depends if she wants to stay. And if, probably she would if we got like Champions League, but who knows? Carf Allen, any input, I should I say? I mean, I, I'd take her. I'd 100% take her. She, she looks class every time that she has played for us. I'd 100% sign her. She's young enough that you know we can get her into our system and get her playing how we want her to play i don't know if she would all her family's down south she obviously has come through the brighton academy so whether that's something that she'd be interested in but if it was point blank would you sign her if i say yes we get her i'd say yes i'd have to agree with that uh based on what we've seen so far for libby banson she's clearly got potential to develop even more you know if we get a chance to extend our stay at a club, you know, I'd, I'd be 
definitely looking into it. But look, interesting to see who we had our, our, an attender at the game, James Bisgrove, keeping an eye on what's happening. So ho- hopefully he's seen just how much people care about the women's team and the support that we had at Peter Sill Park today, which was tremendous. Yeah, I think that's the first kind of game we've actually seen a bit. It's probably because at Peter Sill it's quite open, so you do kind of notice these people more. But we've had directors at that other games, but yeah, good to see Car that he was there and kind of keeping an eye on things. Yeah, I think it's probably the perfect opportunity for him to do so with there not being any men's football this weekend other than, you know, because it being an international break. But I guess he's got to keep a close eye on what's going on, where the money's going, how the team's performing, speaking to Joe and various players, Cathy, and, you know, they had a wee word. So it's nice to see that the club is really sticking to that one club mentality where it's all under one roof. So it's nice to see... A few kind of media partners were there as well. Nice to see, you know, make an appearance. So it's nice to get more eyes on the on the women's game and obviously a good result. So everybody will be buzzing about it. Yeah, Graham, also nice to see Amy McDonald kind of back. She was doing co-commentary for BBC Alba, but Joe and the players obviously were all quite happy to see her. So it was good to see her back and kind of keep her in with the football because she doesn't seem to have announced a new job as such but she's obviously maybe going to do some media stuff and that so it was good to see her back and still kind of amongst the football. 100% and obviously like she brought Joe in so they've got a good rapport anyway um, and may- maybe that was our, our mantra is was maybe like, like Malky they had a plan in place this whole time and we just didn't know about it. Maybe she was planned to finish up, but her last role was to get high caliber manager and Joe Potter to come in and just say, right, I've can hand over the team in a good place. And it is in a great in fact it's in a brilliant place. You know, it's been a, a really good transition um from Malky to, to Joe. It, you know, it's been brilliant. But uh, it's good to see Amy still involved and do co commentary. Um yeah, it's it's great because it, you know, you, you don't forget people like Amy who have contributed what she's contributed. So it's good that she's still respected that way by current team, plus obviously new management and Joe and Jay for that matter as well. Yep, definitely. So we'll leave it there. I think we've covered quite a lot of ground tonight. So we'll kind of just wrap up there. As always, my thanks to Alan, Cart, and Graham for joining me tonight. Thank you very much. Thanks, Laura. It's a, a happy Thanks, Sunday. <laughs> we'll see you next week, hopefully, at the game. And enjoy the rest of your weekend.